Welcome gamers to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I'm your host, Ben Magnet, and today my guest on the show is a gentleman who's created a nice little twist on an all-time classic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Yuri Yakameko, the gentleman who created the game Real Pong. Yuri, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good, Ben. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So, Yuri, um, you're Every person I've had on PauseMeo, I always ask them how they got into video games. And before I ask you how you got into video games, the question first I want to ask you is, um, when did you first play Pong? Because obviously you, you created a game called Real Pong, and we'll get into that in a, little, in a little bit. But obviously Pong is like one of the all-time most classic of classic video games. So did you first play it when, it when it was just like a standalone game in the arcades, or did you have one of those at-home game consoles? Or what was your first introduction well, uh, to I, Pong? Yes, sure. Um, I have to say that uh, I'm coming from Ukraine, which is, uh, you know, back then was a part of the former Soviet Union. and Behind the Iron Curtain, we didn't have a Atari platform. Mm -hmm. You can imagine that, right? Yeah. Um, but we had our version of Pong, which is kind of similar. Mm -hmm. uh, and I played it when I was a kid, like maybe nine or ten years old. I remember oh, wow. that. And that was early 80s. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that, yeah, we had a modification of the game. Uh, you had to pay, again, it was uh, basically, you, you had to pay a little bit of money, you had to pay a small change to play, you played uh -huh. for a couple of minutes, uh, if you win the game, you play again. That was the <laughs> game, well, that was the deal. So, yeah, uh, that was 40 years ago. Oh, wow. Wow, so... So you you said you were from Eastern Ukraine during the Soviet Union. No, I am Union. just from Ukraine. I'm actually oh, from Kiev. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, when did you come to the United States, if you don't mind my asking? 25 years ago. Late, wow. Late 90s, 97. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so you came right when the home console market – well, obviously the home console market here in the United States just reached new highs with the, with the Super Nintendo, the PlayStation, the N64 eventually. So what got you into video games? I'm not really a video game developer, exactly. Okay, I am just mm -hmm. a developer. This is my. This is just my hobby, more or less. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, what got me into this? I decided to make a game that would that was actually similar to what I played when I was a child because it was my favorite favorite game back then. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, obviously, I think that. I'm not sure how that old game was uh, exactly functioning. I think it was more of more of an analog device behind it. Uh, not exactly sure how it was programmed, but uh, so I had to recreate this from memory, more or less. Okay, uh, the first version that I programmed, the fir first full-fledged version of it was made uh, in the early 2000s, so about mm -hmm. 20 years ago, and they made it for Windows uh, with DirectX. Mm -hmm. uh, then I had uh, this game, again, reprogrammed for iOS devices about 10 years later. So I had this version uh, of it uh, for iOS, for iPhone. And just recently, uh, you know, I decided, okay, um, 
because I wanted a network version, and networking is an important part of it. So you can play against the computer, which is a standard part, but playing against someone else requires a network. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unix, Linux is the best platform to pre- program anything network. And I made it for Linux, which was my idea from a long time ago. I just didn't have enough time. So I eventually found the time and I made it. You did see the game uh, during the show, right, when you came. Mm-hmm. Um, I also used a, a small library that's cross-platform, so it was easy to, once I have a Linux version, it was easy to port it into Windows as well with very minor modifications. And I hope to make the uh, Mac version pretty, pretty, pretty soon too. Okay, so... <clears throat> so, um, how, let's see, how do I, so that was how you created the idea for real pong. Um, but how, what got you into like enjoying video games? Like what was the game that say, Oh, I like playing video games. Was it pong or was it something else that, um, was introduced to you later on in your life? It's like, Hey, video games is really fun. I like doing this as a hobby. I like doing this for fun. Was there a certain game that sparked your idea into coding or just, or playing video games in general, or was or was it always Pong? No, not always Pong. Pong was just um, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, the rest of the games, like you know Tetris. I mean, what can you do? It's already programmed. It's already great. I just cannot see how you can improve it. Frankly, this I could see that I can improve it, and I can work out my own logic there. Um, you know. Uh, I didn't see anything that would be cl- even close to what I uh, had uh, around. I did enough search, and I couldn't find anything like, like this. Uh, the classic pawn, as you remember, you can move only up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very simplistic. Uh, you just use your keyboard, right? Just two buttons on your keyboard, two keys. Uh, and here, the version that I have is far more di- di- dynamic, um, frankly, it's a lot more fun to play. So that that was my idea. Besides this, yeah, I did a couple of other classic games with minor twists uh, that I added, but nothing really major. This punk, uh, I mean, games in general is not something I as I, what I do uh, as my my main job. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I do something only when. I see that, okay, I can really improve it or I can add a significant feature to it. Otherwise, just remaking it, um, just remaking somebody's work, I don't find it very interesting. Uh, well, uh, let, let me rephrase. Are there any? Was there any specific video game that you personally played that essentially sparked this um for you to re to do this retake on Pong and for the audio and visualist uh, and and for the listeners, people watching or listening to this, um, real Pong is different. So instead of the paddles just going up and down, they you can if you use your mouse, you could go the mat the paddle moves everywhere. Which honestly, I think is a, already a great take on Pong because I do agree, Pong is so simple. You just go left or right or up and down, whichever uh, way you're playing it. So this adds a little bit more strategy and a little more depth and more reflex action to the game. But what I want to know is, was there a video game that you personally played that sparked as like, hey, this is this is something I enjoy doing? Or was there a game that you played that wanted you to get into coding and or 
that was the game. That was the game that initially sparked my interest in programming in general. Uh, Okay. Right. So in a way, you can say that I always wanted to create this game. I always (laughs) to see how how would it be working if I program it myself, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, there is no source code that I can borrow. Frankly, I had to recreate it from scratch, just from from a memory. Oh wow! How long did it take you to um, to go from like initial concept to finally like making this game? I remember uh, starting working on pieces of this game uh, in mid nineties. Okay. Oh, so this is believe it or not, that was that was before. If you remember those days, um, most people used DOS, not Windows. So there was a version, an early version of this game mm-hmm. that I did that was using a text mode. Okay. And in order to make the graphics fine, working uh, you know, smoothly in the text mode, I had to modify the glyphs of individual characters, if you know what I'm talking about. So you could modify the glyphs to make your paddle really move uh, smoothly on, on a screen. As if mm-hmm. this is a graphic mode. And that was close enough. Unfortunately, I didn't finish it back then. A, because networking capabilities were um, n- not quite there yet. I, I tried making it uh, play over network. I had limited success, but frankly, I ran out of time back then. Mm-hmm. Besides this, uh, obviously, until Apple opened their App Store, there was no good way to distribute the games. Right. Those app stores that existed before were mostly third-party stores. Um, very few people went there to specifically, you know, get the games. Uh, we, we didn't have the modern app store um, concept until some, until sometime, sometime. So that was the reason uh, why it, uh, it uh, you know didn't take off i think 20 years ago um, and i had more success with ios version uh, hopefully but i think that frankly the best play to the best way to play this game is actually on a computer not on screen with your finger because your finger in part obscures the screen and that's not uh, the best way to do it. No, I haven't even played this game on my phone, and I only played it for the um, the short time when I met you at um, SoCal Gaming Expo at the time of this recording, which was just last weekend. And I have, and I wholeheartedly agree, playing it with a mouse was it was very smooth, and already because Pong is one of those games that you see Pong, even if you've never touched a video game in your life. I feel like everyone knows what Pong is. It's a very and when I, I just this, recently, I... excuse me, I just recently read a great description of what what is the good game. The good game. Uh, somebody said that good game is something that is very intuitive to start playing. You don't have to go through learning curve, right? You mm-hmm. just start naturally, but it's hard to master. So oh, yeah. basically, you can go up and up. So that, that I think that game fits the description. It's very intuitive. You just grab your mouse and you start playing. <laughs> there is no other way to play it. But in order to master it, you know, uh, it's not that easy. 
Yeah. Um, funny enough, the last time I remember having as, cause I did have an absolute blast with Pong. I had to force myself to step away. Cause I knew if I stayed there, I was just going to be essentially taking that, that spot at your table and just constantly taking on more and more challengers and not moving, not letting anyone else. I also play. remember you were, uh, <laughs> you were basically shooting it, right? Recording it. So that yeah, maybe I was, was, I was trying to record it to get some footage for, right. uh, on my phone. Cause Makes I had a little like, bit more difficult. Yeah, uh, because last time I had that much fun playing Pong was at another Cal, uh, convention a few years ago where I saw a 3D table of Pong, which was it was essentially just regular old Pong, but it was like a 3D table where the the ball and the um, the paddles were controlled by magnets and you used a dial to move them up and down. And it was not on a computer screen, but it was like a 3D coffee table. And me and my best friend were constantly going, we were going through the convention and we would always, and whenever that table opened up, we would always gravitate back towards that. And to th- so it was and, magnets, right? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a, an actual 3d coffee table where you could play pong fully like licensed by Atari. And, but seeing your game on how the paddles move freely, that was like, this is, this changes the game. Because with Pong, it's like, you know, you just go up and down or in some way side to side. It's essentially air hockey or it's like it's table tennis. But with your game, you can move your paddle in all directions. It's omnidirectional. And that and that really changes how you play the game. It's how you can defend, how you can attack. There's so much more strategy with this instead of just being quick enough to move your paddle up. How long and it how long did it take you to like perfect that type of uh, programming for for this game? Uh, you mean the playing against the computer? Yeah. Well, um, that was actually the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. How do you program the computer so that it is interesting to play? Essentially, what I did is uh, I tried to watch how how humans play. Mm-hmm. And try to imitate at least up to some extent. I didn't go over overboard. Didn't didn't want to do too much because uh, you you also want to understand that this is actually a computer, not a human. But you want to add some human-like behavior. For example, you start moving in one direction, just maybe uh, as a progression of your old movement, right? And then you react on the ball going in a different direction. So you don't move just linearly. You might do a zigzag sometimes, right? And that's mm-hmm. what humans do, what, 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 what people do. And up to some extent, you want to mimic that kind of motion. And that, it actually makes it more, more fun and more interesting to play, right? Oh, yeah. I think maybe we could add uh, ups, ups, uh, at some point we could have AI elements to it. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it, but frankly, AI is a little bit going into different direction. Uh, you know, uh, AI in this case, um, we can maybe better simulate the movement uh, of humans, but uh, you know, if you program AI too well, you're not going to win against the UI. And the, the idea is to let, at some point, a human win this game. Uh, otherwise, it's just not fun, right? Mm-hmm. So 
the idea was to let some at some point you try hard enough to win against the computer. That depends, yeah. of course, on your setting. So yeah, you have to like, program it to lose sometimes. Yeah. Right? It's like the, those times when you're trying to play uh, chess against the computer and then they make a move that you feel is illegal, but you just never saw it coming. You see, the difference between chess, say, for example, is um, there is no clear concept on how to make a computer to win always against a human, right? You have to put a learning part. But in this, this is not chess. This is a simple game. Yeah. You can program easily the computer to never lose, if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. But if if you make computer always win, it's not fun, right? You don't want to play against the computer and always lose. Yeah, that that would be a very uh. That would be a very short. I mean, there is a joke among quite a few gamers where there are days where there's some days the AI decides you're going to lose no matter what you do. And especially with a game like a real Pong, that would definitely be if the computer were to always win, that would definitely make for a short game. And, um, and I must say, though, I mean, when I did play this game, I did play against a real human. I was tempted to play against a computer, but I definitely feel the best strength of this game is playing with someone else. I think you played against the computer. Oh, I did? I wasn't playing yes. with the... Uh, I thought there was a kid next to me. Ah, darn. <laughs> I felt bad because I... You thought remember. you were playing against me, but you were playing against the computer. <laughs> okay, because uh, I thought there was a, right. uh, someone else next I thought there was someone next to me because you had two computers set up, and I thought they were awake. Yes. But, maybe I... but I think you played against the computer, oh. if I remember correctly. Okay. Okay. Oh, cool. Then I don't feel so bad because I looked over and I thought I was playing against a, a, like a, a 15 or 16 year old. And if I was and I was like, oh, I destroyed this kid. Now, if I was playing against a computer, then OK, I don't it's feel so bad. It's not that obvious. It's not that obvious. <laughs> All right. That's good. Um, but what? But I do. OK, so I thought I was playing against someone else, but it turns out I was playing against a computer. Either way, the game is still extremely fun to play. And it's a great um, take on Pong. Um, oh, I had another question. So I, like we said earlier that you like Pong was one of those games that was like, is very easy to, or maybe not easy, but it was one of those games like I can change one thing, make it the paddles omnidirectional and all of a sudden, boom, changes the whole outlook of the game. If you had the time resources to do it, is there possibly any other game that if you were to do your own twist on it? What would that game be, and what would you change? Actually, even speaking of Pong, there is more things that you can do. Ooh, For example, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you make a field narrower, mm. and I tried it, so mm-hmm. I know that uh, that works. If you make the field different size, make it narrower, uh, it entirely changes the game. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's that's actually one thing that I, I plan to add to the current game. At some oh, point. okay. Okay. Oh, so you will be able to control this. Ooh, okay. Okay. Are Are there any other things to Real Pond that you that you want to add to the future, or is, is or is right now the the vision is just oh just change one little thing, let that go for a time, and then see how things go, and then add more stuff down the line, or other than maybe m- making little twists to make uh, the user interface a little bit better, maybe more intuitive, 
because right now I'm just not sure how intuitive it overall is. I, I'm hoping that it's uh, it's simple enough, just one menu, and then you control everything from that menu. Uh, I don't see really how it can change it fundamentally. Okay, uh, but uh, you you were asking a question about how what can I do to other games to make it to make them more interesting. Um, well, one, one of the other simple games that I also have uh, is, uh, uh, you know, the well-known Minesweeper, hmm. right? So, again, around the same time that I was doing Pawn back in the 90s, I made a twist to that game also, um, which is a puzzle, of course. But uh, what I added is that, first of all, I made um, a hex version. So instead of squares, you have hexagons. Okay. Okay, and then probably more important, I made uh, I added the auto flag feature. An auto flag basically opens and shows you the possible solutions as you go. In those cases when it's kind of obvious there is a mind there, mm-hmm. so you don't have to flag it yourself. Which to me was a little bit boring. I didn't want to get bored with the game. I wanted to. A, uh, a faster solution, so I added this feature, and I'm always looking at things like this. What can I add to make it more, um, in my opinion, uh, a better play, mm-hmm. better game experience? Yeah, Minesweeper was. I mean, when I first was introduced to Minesweeper, I was very young. I was in like kindergarten when I first played the game. I had no idea what I was doing. I would just click a button or I click a square and I would see all these random numbers. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. I would just like keep clicking squares until I clicked on a mine. And next thing I know the little smiley face in the middle would just turn into a frowny face with two X's for eyes. And I think a friend of mine told me what the numbers meant, but even today I couldn't tell you what the numbers mean in Minesweeper. I'm just like, oh yeah, I know of Minesweeper. I don't know how to play Minesweeper, but I know what Minesweeper is. Well, it's it's one of those games that uh, you know you go and you do when you're bored, I guess. <laughs> or when you're a little kid, you just like constantly click around and you just wait to click one of the bombs. You're like, oh, there it is, and then you see the gigantic like hundred, um, like the hundred by hundred square or the hundred um, area, right? Open up, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that one wears like this big giant screen of Minesweeper and you just go, whoa, and you just like click random buttons and all of a sudden, oh, there's a Minesweeper. By the way, that version of Minesweeper is you can also download on uh, on both Linux store. Hmm. I put it there just before that game. The, the Minesweeper was more or less, more of a testing ground for me, right, when I ported this game to modern Linux, okay? Hmm. Because I wanted to use uh, the SDL library, and I had to learn this SDL library uh, before jumping into more complex stuff. With Pong, I used Minesweeper as a test project, more or less. Okay. With, by the way, it 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 is uh, downloading pretty well. That's good. Uh, now going to real Pong. So obviously, it's. Um, it's supported by Linux and Windows, and Mac a Mac version is coming soon. Um, is this game? Oh, maybe. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Because right. I that's unfortunately that's my main computer right now is a Mac. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, 
I forgot to, I didn't ask you this one while I was at the show because I wanted to save it for this interview. But I mean, obviously, there is network capabilities um, with Real Pong. So can you, is, I forgot, the game is on Steam, correct? No, it's not on Steam. Oh, not you on can Steam. just download it from Snap Store for Linux okay. and from uh, Windows Store on Windows. So okay. I'm just using the official stores. Okay, so um, let me rephrase. So can you find one of your friends who to tell them, like, hey, get this game and we can play online? That's that's a function you could use in RealPong, correct? Right. Or is, right. Okay. All right. Because I'm trying to, because after I was playing it at the show, I was like, man, this would actually be really fun to play for, maybe like, this might be some time down the line, but I could definitely see people having like tiny little real Pong tournaments because I feel like this would be a really fun tournament style I game. I completely agree, right? It's a fun game to play, uh, you know, at parties and you can even have your tournaments. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also, I really noticed that you went into the um, the tennis style, or maybe not tennis style scoring, but especially with the sets and the matches. Because when I was playing the game, I we went up to, I want to say, like 10 points, and then said, okay, here's one, like match one goes to one player, and then it goes match two. I was like, oh, so there's, because in classic Pong, you hit to a certain thing, a winner is declared. Or you hit right, to a certain right. point threshold as a winner's declared and then the match resets. I don't actually remember what was the rule for Classic Pong, uh, the Atari version. Here I decided to, to use the rules of actual ping pong game. Okay. Which is goes until 11. Mm -hmm. So you win uh, with 11 points scored, except you have to be at least two, two points ahead of your uh, opponent. So mm -hmm. 12, uh, uh, 11 to 10, you're still playing until mm -hmm. it's 12 to 10. Okay. And you have to win three, uh, three sets. We can call it that way. So not just one. You have to win three sets in order to win the game. I decided not to reinvent the wheel here. Uh, you know, just use the official... Uh, rules actually uh, in uh, the early version, which was from 2003, there was also an option. This these rules have also been changing. The official punk rules, the old rules, were until uh, were until 21, not until 11. Oh wow! Yeah, when I was like teenager, I also played ping pong, the actual ping pong, mm -hmm. and I remember it was 21 when you win the game, right? So, but then around some I think it was late 90s or early 2000s that they decided to change uh, to 11, and that's what I'm currently using. Okay. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, ping pong, I also feel, is like one of those games that you grow up, you think you're knowing how to play, but then when you look at the actual rules, you go, oh, I've been playing this game all wrong then. Because <laughs> I definitely remember, I just got some flashbacks of playing some, because we had a ping pong table at my college campus, and we definitely... Um, did not Maybe play the by change the of the rules is what gets you confused, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I will say, I would when I would say I was taking it back. I do not mean that as a bad thing. Because when I reached like eleven points and the score reset, I'm like, okay, cool, I won. And I was about to walk away, and then the ball appears. I said, set two. I was like, oh, I'm still going. Okay, let's. Because. Right. Especially with the pink with the version of Pong I played at the other convention years ago, the 3D Pong, it was set to when a certain player hits maybe 
I think it was a score of seven or something. There was there was a score threshold that you could set. Yes, seven One zero. Of, you also win the game. By the oh, way, oh, clean sweep. All right, nice. Yep. But yeah, because at a certain when a certain score threshold is reached, the game like stops. A winner is declared, and then it's reset to zero. And depending on where you are, you could put more coins in or more credits in to start a new game. But with real pong, I was very pleasantly surprised that the game kept going until we i reached that third and final set and i and i was and i was and essentially i was like oh this game goes for a while so are there um settings in real pong that you can change up to be like oh instead of having three sets there's two sets or, or is it set as a very certain way i did have this uh setting in ios version when mm-hmm. you know i called it express express setting so you can just you just play um yeah you just played shorter i think it was until two right mm-hmm. uh it's kind of similar to um um to tennis right when you have difference between men's tennis and women's tennis mm-hmm. if you know um men men play until three wins three sets and women sometimes play until two uh, I, th- I know it's different in d- different tournaments and in different stages, I think. But sometimes, yes, there is a shorter play. So, okay. But it to me, it uh, doesn't really make big difference. If you want to consider yourself winning the game after two, so be it. <laughs> right? You can consider that. But officially, I just decided, you know, frankly, there are too, already too many settings to control. I didn't <laughs> want to confuse the user. There are okay. important settings, for example, how you control the sensitivity of your ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on the other hand, the sensitivity of your uh, mouse, how quickly does it move? You want it to be moving pretty quickly, but not too fast. Okay. Right. And of course, it's a personal setting. Mm-hmm. some people like it's faster some some not okay yeah definitely and this is coming from my personal experience because i mostly play video games through a video game console when i first got a hold of a um a first person shooter on a pc where my uh, my crosshair was controlled by the mouse it was very disorienting for me because it's like whoa it moves so fast and i wasn't able to hit any of my targets because i was just going like ah you know moving blindly and like you were saying, how the sensitivity of the mouse can definitely pull into play, I completely understand that because I can. I was one of those people when I went from console to when I played a game on PC for the first time, I saw how sensitive it was and how quick I had to control my own reactions instead of I would overshoot something or I would move something like too far over or too far under because I didn't know where the right, the nice, you know, the sweet spot was. Same with your game because moving your paddles over the board while it has a great level of strategy to the game, you can also be one of those people just like flailing your mouse around and missing the ball every single time. Yeah. A lot of people during that demo, I could see that people tried to cheat, to, to cheat. <laughs> especially kids. They would uh, just uh, move the mouse all over the, over the screen, try oh, to, <laughs> to break the game. That didn't, doesn't really work. But yeah, like half of the people were trying to do that. Oh, they were? Yes. <laughs> Kids oh, especially, wow. yes. 
from what you can remember that weekend, what was like the funniest interaction you saw when people would play your game? Was it the kids trying to break the game or was it something, was it something else? Uh, well, first of all, I was surprised to see that all ages like it. Absolutely. From, from like kids that are 12 year old mm-hmm. to, you know, people who are retired, everybody was, you know, the, those people who didn't see this game before, you know, and some mm-hmm. some didn't never played pong before. Okay, oh. they just they would grab the mouse and they didn't know initially what to do, uh, so they started moving. And then you know, in 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 thirty seconds, you see a smile on their face, and they are getting excited, especially when they play against somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, but most of the time that was the case. I I tried to invite two people for the most part to play one against another, like you would invite a daughter with a father, right? And that was fun. So uh, I can't, I, I kind of expected that kids would like it more, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the case. Everybody liked it. That's, I think that's the sign of a truly timeless classic video game is when even like, because Pong, that Pong, like the original version of Pong, like the archaic old of the old, like older than dirt style Pong came out in the seventies. One of the most, and I say this the nicest way possible, the most basic form of video games yep. has stood the test of time. And I read this that this long. was made as an exercise. It wasn't really developed as a real game until Atari Ooh. discovered how popular it was and then they decided to actually make it uh, into uh, the real uh, collection it was just an exercise to of one of the one of the developers at atari you know what that kind of makes sense i could actually see it being used as an exercise tool for hand-eye coordination huh and they became one of the most popular video games of all time. <laughs> then they discovered how many coins they had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> in the machine. <laughs> and they realized that, you know, it's a great game. Uh, I remember hearing a story somewhere that when Nolan Bushnell fought, bought one of his first Atari cons, like one of his first Atari um, cabinets, the when he placed it in the bar, the owner of the bar was constantly calling him to come over and empty the coin slot because people were just pumping quarters into it. And the game and the coin slot was constantly was so full that he had to constantly go in and empty out the thing because and once it got full, it wouldn't accept any quarters. And essentially, it was a air quotes. It wasn't broken, but people you wanted go to play. Out, go, you go out of business if you don't clear your coins. <laughs> nope you gotta you gotta keep clearing those coins. Um, but going back to my original point. Because you were saying that everyone, like kids, adults, uh, young adults like me, they were coming over and they were loving the game. That's what I think is truly the mark of a of a true timeless classic in a game like Pong and even the type of games that spawned from Pong, like yours. Because yours is different enough that it invokes those feelings of the old one, but it, once again, takes a new twist on it. And it, it brings freshness to a game that's very... I don't want to say rudimentary, but it's very like basic against controls. Like you said, it's very intuitive. You sit down, you know what to do in the first 30 seconds and you're off to the races. And that is a sign of a game that 
I want to say will stick around for a very, very long time. And also, it, I want to say it kudos to you because you found a way to make Pong, I mean, not just interesting again, but it's like, hey, let's let's have some more fun with Pong. And it proves to other um, game developers that bigger is not always better. Sometimes it's like, hey, let's just take a step back, take a like take a breath. Let's just play. Let's just play something simple. Let's just play around a real pong. And next thing you know, you've been playing it for hours, and the sun's and the sun's coming back up. <laughs> well, obviously, it's very subjective. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it depends on what do you play when you are a child. What do you start mm-hmm. playing with? Those kids that start playing uh, uh, 3D games, uh, shooting games when they are kids. They are probably not going to play this game for very long because they like shooting games and they like traveling in 3D space, right? But uh, it's kind of similar to what you listen when to, uh, what kind of music you listen when you are a kid, right? That affects your taste for the rest of your life, okay? Here is the same thing. Uh, I played more simpler games like 2D games and I think they are great as long as they are challenging enough they can be challenging enough I don't personally find myself challenged by 3D game shooting games mm-hmm. why would I travel in that uh, you know imaginary 3D space to shoot someone right I can travel in the real 3D space and for example play tennis which is kind of like shooting it's even better, right? It gets yeah. you exercised. And safer. Right? <laughs> yes. So <clears throat> your tastes are dependent on what you have grown up, uh, what you played and what you did when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. So before we end this, I do have one more question for you, sir. What's next? I mean, obviously, there's more stuff to do with Real Pong. But is there any other project that you're working on personally that you want to bring out after RealPong, or you just want to stick with RealPong and work on that for a while? I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm thinking what I can make. You know, I understand mm-hmm. that uh, actually to make a great game, it doesn't have to be complex. Right. Think about uh, Tetris, the mm-hmm. probably the game, the greatest game of all, right? When when it comes to popularity, at least. Right, it wasn't very, very complex. It is not complex. Uh, it is quite simple, uh, but you can spend hours and hours playing it. Um, what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, the the original developer of that game. Think about it. How he came up with that idea. How do you actually invent the idea of Tetris? I believe because there was this, there was a documentary that this other YouTuber made about um, Tetris, and it's the gaming historians video. It's, a, it's right. about an hour. Well, we have a new new movie, right? That right, recently right. came out. Doesn't really explain how the developer came up with the idea. Uh, right. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can find it out. But I remember from the movie, uh, the guy had two kids, right? So maybe it was the kids' play that told him something about what what can be done on a computer, because it's just a blocks game, 
and that mm-hmm. blocks is something that kids play with, right? And it's very mm-hmm. simple. You just put blocks together so that they fit together. But now you have to invent the whole falling blocks idea, how they would fall out, right? And then you you make a game. By the way, it wasn't even color, the original version. Didn't require any color. It was also text mode, right? So you see, making coming up with a good idea, uh, on one hand, the idea can be pretty simple, but it is actually coming up with a good game idea that's not simple. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's not. It's very subjective because, yes, we humans like certain things. We, we'll, for example, in case of Tetris, we like packing things together. That's the idea, right? We made those blocks, uh, you know, fit into place as tightly as possible. That's what we do in life. When you, you know, you go to your storage space, right? You try to put your stuff as uh, tight as possible to save space, I guess. So it's the mm-hmm. same same, con- same com- uh, concept, and this is something that, I guess, uh, I guess gives us some pleasure, right, overall. I cannot tell you how many times when I'm packing and trying to organize stuff that myself or my fiancé or my mom or any of my friends say, we got to Tetris this together. <laughs> we use right. Tetris it, it as made a made into a verb, right. Yeah, we made it to a verb. <laughs> Right. So I'm guessing that if you want to invent a great new game, you have to observe what what humans like. What in real life gives us a degree of uh, comfort, a degree of satisfaction. And that can, you know, lead to a next good idea about the game. That's my conclusion. All right. Well, sir, I believe you have made a great game. I believe you have made an Thank addicting you. game. And I am also going to be very patiently waiting for a possible Mac version because I do want to play this game again because I found this game to be very fun that I knew I had to pull myself away from it. Otherwise, I was going to be stuck at your table for the rest <laughs> of the day and right. I wasn't going to see anything else. So, Yuri, one more time, where can people find Real Pong? Okay. Uh, for those of you who are uh, on Linux, in particular um, Ubuntu Linux, which is the most popular distribution of Linux, um, there are also other versions based on this Ubuntu Linux. Uh, you can go into Snap Store. That's the main uh, store for uh, Ubuntu uh, applications, and you can download it from there. Just type real pong, one word, or just pong. There is only one pong, I believe, there. And you will find it. Uh, it's same on uh, Windows Store. Actually, actually, it's called Microsoft Store these days. So, again, type real pong. There you will see a blue icon. And just download it from there. The game is free on both platforms, including the network. Uh, functionality it's all free at this point so and frankly i don't plan to change this anytime soon so i just want to get more people involved that's you how hear you that people the game's free go get it <laughs> go get it yeah you can enjoy it uh, you can spend your 
uh, time with your kids or you can uh, play it at uh, parties. It's great for parties, I think, if you want to entertain your guests. You just put uh, one computer or two computers. You can play it over Wi-Fi at your home and have a blast. And also invite me to your future punk, the real punk tournaments. I want to play. <laughs> that will be interesting. Yes. Challenge accepted. Anyways, uh, and I assume that there's no like social media accounts for real punk, right? Uh, no, I do have a Twitter for this. I also created a Telegram. If you're aware of Ooh. a Telegram platform, uh, the link is inside the application itself uh, for the Telegram channel. Uh, the, uh, there is a website, uh, real punk, one word. Dot net, where you have a, a Twitter link. And by the way, both download links. All right. Well, I, I am definitely going to be following you on Twitter then. So yeah, RealPong on Twitter. It's on the Linux store, the Microsoft store. So Yuri, thank you again so much for your time. And thank you for creating this awesome game. I truly did have a blast when I played at SoCal Gaming Expo last week. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Of course. It was a pleasure. And thank you. And for now, unpause. <laughs>